Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learned a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, while well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fred McNair program here on 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org, the Brave Sports Network, as well as Facebook Live on WPRL's Facebook page. I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us. Braves head football coach Fred McNair here on the Fred McNair program. A lot to unpack, a lot to discuss. I know you want to talk about the spring football game that took place nine days ago and I talked with Coach McNair about having the show today so you can so Coach can kind of get everything together to talk about the spring game. But a lot has happened with the uh, Legacy Bowl and the Combine, the Alcorn Jackson State Mississippi Valley Combine. The draft is coming up. The football schedule's been released. So a lot to get to. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. You can text a question, 601 301 2611. So a lot to unpack. So let's get right to it. Braves at football coach Fred McNair here. Coach McNair, good to see you, man. It has been a minute or two or three or four or five since we've talked. It's been a long minute, Charles, and uh, just been away and um, kind of feel good about coming back and um, just having a radio show uh, tonight, Charles. And, uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of things throughout this course of the spring. And, and like I said, a lot of stuff to unfold and, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, you know, uh, updates and everything that we need to do in terms of um, this upcoming season. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. Very excited about it. And, you know, I talked to you last week and you said once spring practice was over, you said you were just whipped. You were tired. You were exhausted because there's a lot of work that obviously goes into the spring. And when it's over, when that game is over with, you can exhale just for a little bit, I know. Just for a little bit, Charles. And just to understand, you know, during that during that spring game, you know, we, we normally have a week – uh, we'd probably be having it on the 14th, but we had it on the 9th, um, which was good. Give us a week to prepare for going out and get ready to recruit uh, starting on April 15th. So um, got a chance to unwind and, and do a little things in the office and, and get what we need to get done in preparation for uh, this show and uh, make sure our guys got what they need to get on the road to recruit. There's a lot of, and let's just get right to it. There's a lot of anxiety with Braves fans. I'm sure you you know this. We have won six straight division titles. We didn't get a number seven. And just the way the season ended, uh, you know, tough loss at Southern, the loss to Bethune-Cookman, Jackson State, we were right, kind of right there. It wasn't a typical Braves season. I know we all were looking for seven in a row. It didn't happen. And so just talking with fans myself, there's some anxiety. There's some there was some frustration that we didn't get to where we wanted to be. And I know in talking with you after the season, you were frustrated. Is anxiety the right word in terms of just 
the offseason, getting ready for spring camp, getting into spring camp, getting in and through the spring game, were there anxious moments for you knowing that this was the first time in seven years, eight years, that we were we're now the hunters instead of being hunted? Well, you're kind of like uh, kind of like a bittersweet charge, and and from the understanding, what 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 I'm saying is that you always want to win. Um, when the season starts, you you prepare yourself to win, and I think that from the standpoint of the young men's in preparation of the of the 2021 uh, campaign charge to to get prepared to play a season, um, understanding the work we had to get done uh, for that season, and um and and we didn't have. Um, the depth that we really needed going into the season. We had a lot of guys that were hurt from the central game, the MEX Rack Challenge, and, and it kind of put us behind a little bit. But I think what the guys really did, and it's the sweetest part about it, that, um, you know, they kept fighting. You know, they, they kept fighting uh, throughout all the struggles. And, and I always say, injured people hurt people, you know. Um, injured people that's getting hurt, then the other guys have to put uh, more plays on the field. And um and just don't have the depth to kind of go in and and uh, substitute the players like you want to. So, you know, just starting from that central game, we had a lot of guys that were banged up uh, from game one, and uh, we just didn't have the the depth that we needed um, in terms of uh, upperclassmen depth wise. You know, so we kind of struggled there for a minute, but we you know we didn't make excuses. Uh, we still had to put them on the field to play. So um, didn't end up the way we wanted to end up charged, but. Um, you know, uh, you know, thank God for another season and in preparation of that. I think we did a great job of going out um, in the mid-year uh, after the 21 season over with and getting the guys that we really need to come in and find more depth to what we need to add to the program. So I thought we did a great job of um, of adding depth to the program this year. So mission accomplished in terms of being a deeper team going into the 22 season starting with spring camp. And I, I knock on wood too, Charles, and, and the reason I say that because uh, we got out of the spring camp with, with no injuries, serious injuries, um, and that's a plus to, you know, uh, Rod Young and his training staff. Uh, and uh, Coach Gant came in and did a great job with the strength conditioning program uh, in terms of getting our guys ready for the spring practice. So um, spring game went injury-free. We had a couple guys banged up, but nothing serious, you know, just um, – just a couple of nicks and act there, and uh, but we we recovered from it, and and now Coach Gant got those guys fluid fled in the weight room now. So uh, I'm glad to see those guys early in the morning getting up, working out, and um, during a uh, time to work out and everything. So get a chance to see the guys, and I think the coach White right now is is taking them through their exit interview. Uh, it's in terms of what they need to do in preparation for the uh, the summer camp. Yeah, that's obviously coming up, and let's start with the breakdown of the spring game. And let's look at the positions and the most highly anticipated position on this football team. They all are. But obviously, the quarterback room. We know over the last few years, you can go to sleep this time of the year knowing kind of who your starting quarterback was going to be, whether it was uh, Lenoris Footman, whether it was Noah Johnson, whether it was Felix Harper, whether it was John Gibbs, if you go all the way back. Now it's a little bit different. For the first time in several years, you're kind of trying to figure out who that quarterback is. Has that provided some anxious moments for you, knowing that there's a quarterback competition? There is every year with every position, but you kind of knew what the deal was in previous years. Now there's a competition trying to figure out who 
uh, the starting quarterback will be come September the 5th when Stephen F. Austin rolls in here. Can you say coming out of camp who the quarterback's going to be, or is it still up for grabs? I can say this, Charles, and I thought that um, all the quarterbacks did an outstanding job during the course of spring football. Uh, in, the, in, this, in the 14 days that, that we had to prepare for uh, those guys coming out and compete for that job, uh, we went out and got um, a transfer uh, from, from La Tech, um, Aaron Allen um, coming in with um, – uh, Markevian Quinn, uh, Trey uh, Lawrence, and also with um, Cole Williams. Um, you know, those four guys, and we have a walk-on guy in uh, Cameron. Um, those five guys really came out and did a great job during the course of the um, of the spring. You know, with the addition to that, we, we lost Coach Quinn Gray as a quarterback coach. So uh, we lost him to the University of Memphis. So, you know, Coach McNair have to – make adjustments um, in terms of the coaches, um, what he got to do in terms of what he got to place guys to coach. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm always thinking um, in terms of ahead of what's going to happen next, just in case, you know, it comes about um, to losing a coach, um, lost to D coordinator, Coach Thornton, you know, Coach McNair have to walk and paint lines and think about his next horror. Um uh, in no position, so uh, I made an adjustment on offense where we moved Coach Phillips uh, to quarterback coach, and he he did an outstanding job with those guys during the course of the spring, um, really teaching and really sitting them down, watching film, and and get them to understand the concept of everything we're trying to do in the passing game, and um, you know, so he did a great job with those guys during the course of the spring. So just continue to work with those guys and and see how they really handle the. A little bit of nip in the offense, the changes, um, but we're working with that. But I think those five guys that we have have done a great job of coming out each and every day of competing. And um, and I told them, you know, we, we're not going to name a starter, I mean, because we don't know yet. Uh, we still got some kinks to iron out, and we're still going to see who's going to take leadership. You know, just like giving, giving, um, giving you the keys to the car. You know, if you're able to drive this car around, I mean, that's going to be the way it's going to happen. So how they going to lead this program on offense and, and do all the right things to, to be successful and uh, executing, uh, getting our guys up and down the field scoring points. So, you know, they did a great job during the course of the spring. The spring game came out. I'm very pleased with what I saw in all the quarterbacks to play. You know, we had a couple of interceptions here and there, but you expect that when you're playing against a good defense. And uh, like I told them, all corn never play the Braves. So in terms of that, you know, we did some good stuff on offense and we did some great things on defense as well during the course of the spring game. So just to see that, just to see the interception uh, being being caught and um, and things of that nature, Charles, you know, come out very, very pleased. But we still got a lot of work to do. I told the coaching staff that in the staff meeting. We still got a long way to go, but it's a process. And hopefully get the kids back in July and uh, get them in the summer workouts and then in camp in August. So that all the speculation, and there really hasn't been, because I think the, the vast majority of people who follow understand that it is too early. And if you talk to other coaches in the conference, other than a handful, uh, I mean, if you just look at uh, you look at Shadur Sanders, Jackson State, you look at Body at Texas Southern. I mean, you clearly know those guys will probably get the start once the season starts. But the vast majority of coaches in this conference. 
kind of question marks with their quarterback position. I mean, you know, you had a Quill Glass. He's gone. You don't know what's going to happen there. And, of course, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson at Grambling. You know, you had uh, Bowden. You don't know if he's going to be in the fold. So is it is it really premature coming through the spring for anyone, unless it's just fairly obvious, and we just talked about that, is it just kind of fairly obvious that naming someone right now, even if you did have that, uh, just to keep the competition aspect going? You know, the biggest thing is for me, when I was, even when I was coaching quarterback, Charles, I mean, there wasn't a, never a starter until day one of the day, the first game when we named the starter. It had always been competition, and, and you know, it's always premature when you – even when Felix was here, you know, I wanted those guys to come in and move Felix. I wanted them to move him, you know. Um, but, you know, Felix kept his head on and did the right things to, to stay in that number one spot. Uh, but those guys pushed him, and, and that's what I wanted them to do. You know, to come in and compete for that number one spot. Don't just get in the, in the, in the saddle in the wagon and just say, he got the job, I'm just going to take a ride along, you know. But you know, these guys come in to compete for a job, a starting job, and that's what I like about the quarterback position. It's so competitive um, and making sure you're doing all the right things. So uh, it's always competitive. And, you know, just naming a quarterback now, yeah, it's pretty much immature um, to do that. Um, but we always – thinking ahead in terms of coaches and what we want to get done in terms of the quarterback position. It'll be competitive, obviously, in the fall as we get ready uh, for Stephen F. Austin as they roll in here September the 5th. All right, so the quarterback position is still a work in progress, but let's talk about the backfield. You know, Nico Duffy, he, he was told that mail last year, but uh, I know you have a stable of running backs, and I know you have a kid, a Syracuse transfer, that, that what – what uh, I have heard and was told really did a heck of a job. So talk about your running back room. I was really excited about the, the running backs uh, throughout the whole uh, spring practice charge in terms of, of what they was doing uh, with the football, and they took care of the football. And, and Harley, uh, the guys put the ball on the ground during the course of the spring, and that was big. You know, um, Coach Boos have done a great job of, of going out and recruiting some great guys. Um, um, Javion Howard, uh, Nico Duffy, um, BJ, uh, the old guys running for Leatherwood. Um, we got a transfer from from uh, the JUCO, uh, Kahoma. Uh, those guys ran the football very well. So uh, I was excited about seeing that and um, and the way they came out, competed. You know, and then again, it starts up front, Charles. It starts up front. Uh, you have to have offensive line to to open up those holes, and those guys can really get into it and, and make lanes and run. So I was very impressed with the running backs the way they ran the ball the whole spring. Uh, did a real good job of um, of running the football and taking care of it during the course of the spring, not putting it on the ground. Um, and Coach Boos have done a great job of getting those guys uh, ready to play uh, for the spring game when they came out and they really competed. How many how many plays was the scrimmage set for? Well, Charles, you, you always go what you set for. We had. We had really just set it for uh, six to five plays, um, but knowing that we were just going to be on offense and defense, it kind of ran over, which was good. We got like 96 plays in, uh, got a lot of good film. The guys can really go back and, and study the film and, and see the good and the bad. Um, the coaching staff evaluate the film, let the players see it and, and see the mistakes that they made and see what we got to improve on. Uh, but we got a lot of good tape um, charge in, in terms of what we need to do to evaluate these players and, and find out where our depth going to be at um, in all positions. In the running back room, we had Stafford Anderson last year who was just a, a, a beast in the backfield. Is there a, 
Stafford Anderson-esque type of back that we can say, you know what, that guy is just going to really you know, run over people. Because that's what Stafford Anderson did at times last year. Yeah, Howard could be that guy, but Howard is just a little more finessed and faster than Stafford. Uh, so Howard's going to be one of those guys that you get a chance to get an open field, you're not going to be able to catch him. So uh, a home run hitter, you call it. Um, we need that explosiveness in him. Uh, Nico is another guy can probably take it the distance. So uh, those type backs there that we really look forward to. And I tell you what, the really the running back can really run is Leatherwood. Uh, he ran the ball extremely hard. Um, like I said, we got a stable of running backs, and I'm very excited um, about that position in, in terms of where we are now uh, leading up to to fall camp. So I'm uh, very excited about those guys in that room, and I know Coach Booz um, is very, very excited about what he have uh, grown in terms of the backfield. Is it safe to say, considering that we are going to have a new guy under center, regardless of who that is, and of course you're not naming that right now, it's going to play out in the fall, but considering you're going to have a new guy in there, the growing pains there, is it safe to say that we're going to probably be running the football more until that quarterback, that guy kind of gets comfortable? Charles, I mean, we, we, we're going to do what we've been doing, Charles. I don't think we're going to deviate from the things that have been happening. We're we, we, we going to run the football. Um, uh, Elliot going to find a way we're going to run the football, and that's what we've been doing throughout the whole whole spring is trying to figure out how we're going to run the football and when we're going to run it. Um, we're going to be more of a balance of attack. Um, in certain games, you may see more runs than pass. You may see more, more pass than run, but, you know, it's just we just take advantage of what the defense gives us. Um, during the course of each game. So uh, it'll be good. Um, the center position going to play out itself. I think Steve Carter came in this spring and did an excellent job. Uh, didn't get a chance to play too much last year. I know the first game we played against Central, um, our center goes down. He get hurt. Joey Milborn. Uh, Darius Smith came in and played the whole season. Pound for pound, I, I give him the work. So uh, he did an excellent job for us. You know, he probably every bit of 5'11". Probably about 255 pounds. That's with his uniform on. And did an excellent job for us, you know, during the course of the year. Um, you know, we signed a new guy, uh, Connor Ford from Pearl. Uh, he'll be a freshman coming in. Um, so he'll come in and compete too. Um, uh, we got um, Steve Carter. Like I said, he, he's going to be pretty good. Um, Deontay Reed, uh, another center we got uh, from uh, Picayune. Did a great job coming in. So those guys are very they, – they're working out very good, Charles, and I can't be more excited about the way they have uh, really progressed throughout this spring in terms of those positions. Uh, we're going to be big up front. Our guys are really beefing up in the weight room, and I'm seeing a lot of body changes in terms of what we need to get done on the offensive line part. So the numbers of offensive linemen, because I, I keep going back to that one game you know, I like to refer back at times to go all the way back when we played Arkansas and Little Rock. We had five offensive linemen play the whole game. The whole game. <laughs> and so if you you fast forward to this spring, where are we in terms of numbers on the offensive line? Right now, Elliot got right about 18 out there right now, Charles. And hopefully when um, when um, when the course of the camp start in, in August, uh, we'll be up to probably about 22 offensive linemen. Uh, not all on scholarships, but we got some great, great guys that's, that's walking on that's been very productive uh, throughout the whole term of everything that we've done. So it's amazing that, that we, we get young men that comes uh, to all corner really want to walk on. I mean, we're getting a lot of that right now. 
uh, in terms of uh, where we're at in our recruiting deal. So we don't have to spend money on old guys. Those guys are, are calling in just to walk on here at Alcorn State. So uh, that's a big plus to the coaching staff and, and just going out and finding old guys that really want to be at Alcorn. And that's one of that's one of things that we talk about during the course of recruiting. You know, we got to find the players that really want to be here um, in terms of that. But um, our offensive lineman, you know, Michael Moment, um, he he had a great spring uh, game. Uh, Jamal Lawton, uh, right tackle battle. It's going to be a right tackle battle uh, the whole spring with those two guys. Um, you know, and I call him the the veteran of the offensive lineman, uh, which is our wheel ready. Um, and he, he's been very good for his charge. Elliott got him playing numerous positions from left tackle to right tackle. Uh, he's a very, very versatile, very athletic, and, and um, he's a very smart player and knows every position. Got him playing center sometimes. So uh, the more you can do to help this, this, this program, uh, the better uh, it is for, for a player to come here and play. And in that position, in that vein, you talk about veteran leadership, the wide receiver position, of course, with Charles Pringles moving on, and you, you know, we know what he has done. And now, so you're looking to replace those pieces that we've had. You know, we've had Chris Blair, and you've had Pringle. Uh, so just talk about the wide receiver room, and where does that stand going through the spring? I tell you what, Charles. You know, during the course of last year, I think that. Um, uh, C.J. Bowler really stepped up and, and, and brought it to the table for us at that receiver position. He'll play outside for us, uh, trying to get him to move inside a little bit and, and be very versatile, you know. And uh, Joe, uh, Juan Anthony, I call him the old man of the crew, <laughs> the, the, the receiving crew. So uh, he had really come along uh, very well for his charge and, and the way he played and, and just his leadership, you know, just being on time and, and just doing everything the right way, you know. Uh, he'll help us outside. Uh, Montario Hunt, he's a transfer from Rutgers. Um, he's come along this, this past uh, spring for us and really working to get better. Um, you know, Tim McNair, you know, he's playing outside. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, with Akeem McNair in the slot where the charge was, um, he and Manning Jones will probably be uh, competing right there on both, both slot positions. Um, it's going to be very helpful, I think. Uh, at that receiver position, I think we're going to be very, very good in terms of what we can do in the passing game with our concepts that, that we're imp- implementing in terms of our passing game. So I think Coach Ratton and Coach Phillips has done a very, very good job of, of uh, making a change up in, in what we do in terms of our passing game. I'm sure there's a lot of extra time devoted in and practice in the spring, and I'm sure even now, just the route running between quarterback, whoever that might be, quarterbacks and receivers, those extra reps just trying to get simulate on the same page here come the first game. You know, they, they do a real good job of, of breaking it down to where each and every group have just to, just about a, the same amount of plays uh, during the course of the practice charge. And, and, you know, spring practice, I'm on out there probably about – an hour and 50 minutes, uh, you know, they pushed me a little bit to go two hours. So I kind of give them that leeway to do that. <laughs> but, you know, just the spring practice to get these guys um, used to doing the things that we need to get done in terms of our preparation for uh, the fall. All right, so we're going to take a break here. That's a look at the offensive side of the ball. The defense was terrific, some some picks, and they got their hands on the football quite a bit. So we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball 
It's a new defensive coordinator. Cedric Thomas is back at Alcorn, and we'll talk all about that as a whole new defensive staff. Is it a new way of doing business on the defensive side? We'll talk about that. We'll take your questions, your comments, your texts, your tweets. We'll get to all of that. There's a lot to unpack. The Legacy Bowl, the draft is coming up, the schedule is out. Lots unpack. We'll get to it after this timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery Plus. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Get orthopedic care closer to you at Orlando Health Jewett Orthopedic Institute. Our team of highly trained physicians provides a full spectrum of orthopedic services in a multitude of specialties and subspecialties, from hip, knee, and shoulder experts to orthopedic traumatology and more. Offering proven, leading-edge techniques and technologies, Orlando Health Jewett Orthopedic Institute provides patients world-class, personalized care from a number of convenient locations throughout Central Florida. Learn more at orlandohealth.com slash I offer free samples to look cool on the outside, but here on the inside, I'm stressing over payroll for my new kombucha brewery. hey oh, your voice of reason popping in to say that with QuickBooks, you can run payroll in as little as five minutes. Did you say five minutes? Sure did. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a train of thought to catch. Wait, 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 before you go. Yes? Tips on getting paid? Hmm. With QuickBooks, you can send your first invoice in three easy steps. Now that's peace of mind. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Five-minute time period based on medium time spent by payroll users. Profile must be set up prior to sending an invoice. I got it. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL team. And welcome back to the head coach Fred McNair show here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. You can watch it live on the WPRL Facebook page uh, that we have uh, kicked off here. It's been in place for a few months now, and uh, that's where you can watch the show anytime. WPRL.org, you can listen to us as well. I'll be posting the audio portion of the show as soon as it's over. Charles Edmond with Braves Head Football Coach uh, Fred McNair. All right, so Coach, uh, this was obviously the spring game. It was also a junior day. Um, a lot of register kids potential football players so let's start there because i, I kind of wanted to start with that early on 
So it's Junior Day. Explain what that's about and the turnout that you had and the numbers. I understand you had quite a few hundred uh, registered, and I saw some of the pictures following some of these kids in the jerseys, and it was just a really, really good turnout from what I can see. It was a great turnout for Junior Day, Charles, and I, and I was very excited about it. You know, Coach Booz is is a recruiting coordinator, and, and he always have a plan to, to do things, and, and we try to follow up and make sure that, that we're doing the right things in terms of being in compliance what we can and cannot do with the juniors. And, uh, and I think that it went very smooth. He lined up uh, people to work the, the Junior Day. It was a good flow uh, with everything. You know, we had over like 281 kids pre-register and I think rather over 200 of them came uh, to junior day it was such a phenomenal crowd uh, with their parents getting a chance to see the campus um, uh, they had a chance to walk around the the, the uh, school and go visit uh, throughout the the day uh, from 11 o'clock to about 1 30 they had a chance to visit the whole campus and even in the cafeteria where they went and paid for food to eat I thought that was huge for them just to go in and see Bristol Dining Hall and the Safe Center and walk around in the weight room, the team room, get a chance to see some um, some good things here on Alcorn campus to, to make them want to come back. And these are some of the kids that we're going to be recruiting um, here in a few days, uh, going to their high school, uh, going to their JUCO, and trying to get these guys to come and sign. Uh, we did have an early commit in, in, uh, in the Phillips kid uh, down in uh, Gauthier. Uh, he's a receiver. He was here on campus as well. So those type things have really helped out. And uh, uh, A.D. Dito got a chance to address the, the students, and I thought that was big um, for him to come out and, and spend his time on Saturday and, and walk around and, and greet and meet uh, everybody. But, you know, it was a phenomenal day. I was very excited about seeing the seeing the crowd in the stands, they were tailgating, the whole shebang, Charles. I think they're ready for some football, Charles. Yeah, you there's know, no so. question about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're ready for some football in terms of uh, preparation and coming out and doing a, a pre-rehearsal, I call it, and for, in terms of tailgating and all that kind of stuff. I got a chance to go to the tailgate before the game and, and eat me some hot fish and, and – um, Man, it was it was it was, nom- it was phenomenal, man. It was a great day, uh, special junior day being that big, uh, just to have the old kids and old parents on campus. So they're gonna go back and tell their friends that it was such a good time they had here at Alcorn, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to recruit some more of those guys in, in the near future. Explain junior day because you know you you're accustomed to that recruit those recruits that are seniors that are kind of looking, but. When you talk about Junior Day, explain what that is. It's the day that, you know, we really invite the juniors to come on our campus, Charles. Juniors in high school? Juniors in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, to come on our campus. And um, it's, 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 it's something that I think every school does. Uh, but this is by far the biggest one that we have or had over the years. Uh, we've been having Junior Day, but it hasn't been this big. And uh, we really pushed the issue this time. We we set up the database to where we can get the guys pre-registered. And um, Boo's done an outstanding job of getting all that set up to to make this day a very joyful day, and it was. And then now the juniors get a chance to come on campus. Now we're getting the guys, we're inviting the guys here on campus that, that we're already recruiting uh, in terms of when we go out and go back to the high school uh, here in the next week or so uh, to, to see these guys again get a chance to ask them how they enjoy junior day and uh hopefully these guys will will will, will commit uh on some term or the other 
uh, to come back to Alcorn and, and uh, be a part of this great football program and this success. Well, we, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I don't know if this is going to happen. The, you know, the ebbs and flows of this game changes. Okay, we've had senior day. Now you got junior day. Is it going to be a sophomore day at, at some point? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, 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 is it trending that way? I tell you what, I, I, the way everything working out now with the transfer portal and um, the the NIL and all this stuff, Charles. Yeah. Uh, man, I tell you, it's, it's something, man. It's, it's putting a lot of strain on on compliance right now uh, to be on top of their game in terms of the cans and cannot do and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, hopefully, you know, somewhere down the line, there's a sophomore day somewhere, Charles. I don't know uh, where, but yeah, but it, it's probably coming. Uh, I'm just waiting on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy <laughs> question, but I'm like, okay, senior day, junior day, sophomore day, freshman day, junior high. Day. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's let's get back focused on uh, the spring the spring game and and the defense. All right, so let's talk about that. Obviously, Coach uh, Cedric uh, Cedric Thornton left us to go to. Grambling, and so you had to really work and push and and all that stuff to find a, a defensive coordinator. So let's start there. Talk about that process because now you find a, a defensive coordinator, defensive staff, and they've got to hit the ground running. You know, like I said, Charles. You know, while I'm painting my lines, I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking, Charles. And even up until this last line I painted for the spring, you know, uh, you know, in terms of the culture we still have here. You know, I'm always thinking about my next move in terms of where I'm going to go if this coach left or or if this guy decides to leave and want to do something different. You know, I'm always uh, thinking ahead um, of that position. And I had a couple of options um, to, to in terms of which way I wanted to go with the defense side of the ball and, and um, just so fit. And, you know, coach, coach Thomas had done a great job uh, in 16 and 17 when he was here. Uh, phenomenal job with the defense, and in terms of getting them, getting them to play hard, and getting them to play fast, and uh, you know, so I I looked at him. Uh, we had a couple of talks with him in terms of coming back, and and you know, I think it was something that he really wanted to do. Um, so we ended up getting Coach Thomas back here uh, at Alcorn to be our DC. Um, and this spring, he's done an outstanding job of of getting those guys to buy in. And then that's something that if you're trying to sell a product, you got to be able to get them to buy into it. Uh, and he's done a great job of doing that uh, in terms of um, his uh, position players. You know, he we, he and I had a talk about in terms of what we wanted to do um, with his staff. You know, he asked me, you know, um, I said, Coach, you know, that's going to be totally left up to you. If you want to come in and re-interview the guys that's still here, you know, you can do that. But he wanted to bring in some guys that already knew his um, his defense, which is which is normal. That's all over the FBS, FCS, and and uh, whatever other football rankings it is. And if you if you got a new defense or OC come in, they want to of course bring in the people that know what they're doing on that side of the ball. And I think that uh, the, the guys he brought in, uh, just evaluating those guys throughout the 14 practices that we had uh, with this program up leading up to uh, spring game. You know, uh, with the defensive line position, Jonathan Bradley, you know, he was a pine bluff for Coach Thomas. Um, did an outstanding job throughout the whole spring with the defensive line. Um, uh, Deion Robeson, he's an Knight graduate here, um, uh, came back to be the linebacker coach. He was a pine bluff, too, as well with T. And, um, you know, Terenzo Quinn, he was here before yep. uh, with Coach Thomas, and um, he was a safety coach back at um, – 
back at Pine Bluff again with Coach Thomas. So those guys that he really ain't got to really teach guys his style of defense. You know, those guys already know in terms of the defense that he running and what his calls are. Um, you know, that thought that was a, a great deal there. And, um, you know, with the nickel position, Coach Thomas, he also coached the corners. Uh, he'll be the corner coach as well, along with his title, with the defensive coordinator title. Um, the nickel coach, a guy that's been with me forever, you know, started off as a player, did some work, student work, did some graduate assistant for a couple of years. And, um, you know, I just saw a fit that, that Matt Brown would be uh, a great coach. And under the tutors of uh, Coach Thornton, you know, i never seen a D coordinator give his linebacker position up to a, to a worker like Matt Brown. And, and I think Matt Brown was the, 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 the way to go with that position because he'd been around it um, for a long time. Um, Matt went to school here, graduated from here, got his BS, got his master from here. And uh, in terms of his in, uh, coaching ability, his style, the way the players really just grabs to him, you know, and that's what you want, Charles, when you're looking at a coach, how the player just really clings along and um, just that camaraderie. And I think Matt going to be a great coach somewhere um, in the near future when he get ready to leave here. So uh, good to have Matt on board as a, as a position coach for the Nichols. So you look at the styles because the defensive players obviously have to adjust on the fly with Coach Thornton leaving, going to Grambling, and then you making the decision to bring Coach Thomas back into the fold. The styles of play defensively, what we saw with Coach Thornton, which was very successful, aggressive, and then you see Coach Thomas and the way he does things on the defensive side. Similar differences? What are you seeing? There's some similarity. I mean, everybody have some things that they – that, that that's the like, but there is some difference in some of the things that that Coach Thomas is bringing to the fold now in terms of the fronts and uh, up front, you know. But uh, but the same style of play, playing aggressive, um, playing tough, and playing fast to the football, and trying to create turnovers, and that, that's one of the things that that uh, that that Coach Thomas going to bring into this fold in terms of the defense and the style of the aggressive that he going to approach with. Yep, and I. I tell you what, just him coming back, and I saw him in the office a couple of weeks ago, and and just you know hitting the ground running for him, uh, really important to, to get his staff together and, and and get him in. So let's start with the personnel on defense, coach up front, uh, and of course getting pressure to the quarterback, trying to stop the run, and in the spring game, coach, there were some turnovers that the that that was there. Was that more of Quarterback player, did the defense create those things? You know, the biggest thing is, you, you know, you, you kind of give defense their credit, you know, in, in terms of turnovers because they kind of produce turnovers. And then that's going to be big for us, too. You know, uh, up front, you start off with Devin Dawson. He's a, he, I'll tell you what, he's a he's a player that's going to be very good um, in, in, in the years to come. Played out of freshman last year. Uh, just a sophomore this year. Got Man, I tell you, he's going to only be better as it, as, it, as the time goes. Uh, Trevor Vine, uh, he didn't get a chance to play as much last year, but but he came in and, and made an impact right away uh, once he got with Coach Bradley and, and learned his style of play. And he's going to be very tough for us. You know, um, those guys like that up front means a whole lot in terms of what we can get pressure on the quarterback. And uh, we got to get pressure on the quarterback, and that's what we, gonna, that's what we intend to do um, this fall. In the middle, let's talk about the linebackers, guys in the middle that can create havoc. Talk about that. Claudine Cherry is probably going to be the, the, the Mike linebacker that's going to make all the calls. And uh, he had a phenomenal season last year. Um, you know, we got some transfer came in. Um, 
Jaquez Drew, he's a linebacker. Man, I tell you, those guys play really fast. Um, uh, we got uh, Rice, uh, a transfer from Rice, Ellis. Um, he's, I tell you what, Charles, those two guys there with the addition of with, with, with Cherry Loose in the middle is going to be very good at that linebacker position. With more depth, too. You know, we got more depth coming in at that position as well. So getting those guys playing fast, being able to put pressure on quarterbacks, and um, stopping the run, it's going to be very good for us. You always talk about stop the run, getting to the quarterback. That's what we do. Um, and I think those guys are doing a great job of doing that up front. And um, uh, Malachi Bailey, he's another defensive lineman that's going to be pretty good for us. Uh, had a great spring as well, got a great motor, high motor guy, uh, very excited about being on the field and making plays. Uh, those kind of guys that we really need to – to get this thing going on that defense side of the ball. And I think that uh, once everything gets to flowing and, and we get to where we need to be and come September the 3rd against uh, Stephen F. Austin, we'll be very good. And on the back end, you know, you got some experience there, youth, but they're growing up. you got Kinsler back there. Talk a little bit about the back end of this defense. I'll tell you what we got. Um, they call him the headhunter of the defense. That's K.J. Kinsler, and he, he he does a real good job. He He's kind of like the quarterback in the secondary. Um, you know, playing that safety position, come down and fit gaps and, and make tackles in the running game. Um, he's a very, very heady guy. We've got a new addition, uh, Wallace Milton. Um, he's another safety that's going to be pretty good for us. Uh, Kevante Key coming back at the corner position. Uh, we missed him for about seven games last year, didn't get a chance to play. So um, uh, Napoleon Collier. Uh, the second, there's another D, young DB that coming in has got a chance to, to make an impact on this program. Uh, those guys is going to make things happen. Uh, you got Malcolm McGee playing in nickel spot. Um, he's a very heady guy. Football football IQ is very high with him, so uh, he always willing to learn something new. You know, he had a couple, had four picks in the spring game. You know, you credit that to the defense. I mean, I mean, the quarterback just didn't throw it to him. They made the plays, and um, and that's big. So, uh, anytime you have turnovers like that and you create turnovers and turn what we can do on the defense side of the ball is very big. That's another possession for the offense to score. So um, that's what we need, and I think that Coach Thomas and his staff on that side of the ball is going to be very creative in the things that we can do to get pressure on the quarterback, to get him off his base, um, uh, to make him uh, throw us the ball. And for a, a defensive coordinator and staff to really hit the ground running and to be able to come up with their schemes and sets and to have the success at the spring game in such a short window, uh, I think that says a lot about the defense, doesn't it? I tell you what, those guys did a great job, Charles, just coming in and running with it, man. And, uh, you know, I talk to them every day, and I, I told them it's going to get better. You know, we're we going to make it happen. And those guys were very excited about being here. And, you know, you, you have coaches like that that, that want to come in and, and be a part of uh, the success that this program been having. Um for years, Charles, and and just come in and do whatever it take, whatever it take, to to be a part of this, and that's what they did. Uh, it didn't matter. Um, they did it all, and they came in and got established, and here we are right now. You know, talk about going out recruiting with the old guys and and finding some new addition to to add on to our program in our uh, 2023. And speaking of additions and different things, special teams, and uh, you know, we talked about that. You know, the punt kickoff coverage of kicking the football. Talk about where we are in terms of putting kickoffs, punters, place kickers, uh, special teams guys, specialists. 
that was clearly, you know, a huge area last year, and it was really impactful in a number of games last year. Yeah, it was, and uh, you know, we lost, uh, we lost Bo Plyer. You know, he 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 wanted to do something different, um, you know, than what I than what I was speaking in terms of, you know, you're going to be a part of this program, you got to be here, you know, and that's something that um, he didn't want to do in the course of the spring and the summer. So, um, you know, we parted away with him. Um, Christoph Thompson, he he, he felt like that um, he needed to go too. Um, he didn't want to be here as well. And that was the guy that kicked off for us, Bo Plywell, our punter. Um, so Noah Kenyatta, uh, did a great job throughout the whole spring of kicking extra points. Did a little punt for us in the spring game, which we did sign two punters um, and a kicker as well. So we're going to be looking pretty good in terms of the kicking position. I think that um, you saw us kick off and do some punt stuff during the course of the spring game. I just want to see speed right now. Um, I think that what we added to our kicking game was speed. Um, and I always talk about beat them with speed, beat them down the field and make the play. You know, and uh, I think that we got some guys that can really run uh, in terms of special teams, and I think that we're, we're, we're going to get better um, as the year come. How, how do you work with kickers, especially new kickers coming in? And you, and you talked about uh, Keanu and the kick, kicking game, and you got some new kickers that, that you say you brought in. How do you, how do you work those in in the spring with the uh, limited activity? You know, Charles, I always I always talk to him during the course of the week in terms of kicking the long snapper. I say, y'all are together um, the whole two hours of practice. And, you know, y'all just got to get better working on time. And, and I always go over and talk to him. And, you know, I just um, – <laughs> it's kind of strange. It, it's totally different from the mindset of a kicker than than, um, than anybody else. They, they, they very, very – very thin in terms of what the thing that you can do to them, um, thing that you can say to them. You got to be very nice to the kickers because it, I mean they 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 have to concentrate on the things that they can do. And I think that uh, Keanu had he got comfortable with me in terms of what I talked to him and how I talked to him and everything. And uh, those guys have fun, now, you know. Um, long core, long snapper. You know, um, I talked to him. And I told him, you know, if you don't lose a little weight, you know, for the fall, you know, he's going to be a tackle for us. You know, he's been doing good. He getting getting with uh, Gant at the end of practice session, doing some extra work. So he can really snap the ball, but we just need him to be able to run down the field and make a play, you know, uh, make the return or go east and west instead of north and south. So um, he's done a good job in terms of that. But just to, just to communicate with those guys throughout practice, I always make it my business to go over and, and mess with them, you know. Uh, just try and um, frustrate them a little bit just in terms of what they're thinking and how. But he did a great job of kicking the ball. And Keanu, he's probably going to be the guy for us in our, in our field goal and extra point stuff too. Did a great job for us last year. So you're pretty pleased with special teams considering you've had to replace a, a place kicker and punter. Yeah, I think we guys we got coming in is going to be very good for us, Charles, in terms of kicking off and putting the ball. I think they're going to be very good for us in, in, in terms of our kicking game. Uh, just getting them here and uh, and getting ready for the season is going to be the biggest thing that we, we really have to push them towards. But um, with me and Coach Powell uh, pushing old guys along and getting them to do the things that, that we want them to do and for us, that kicking game is going to be very good for us. All right, so that is 
the breakdown, offense, defense, special teams, a lot of new pieces, a lot of new faces on the coaching staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball, new punter, new place kicker on special teams. So a lot of stuff to work in as we get ready for the season opener uh, against Stephen F. Boston as they come here. We'll take a break here. We'll get to some of the questions and comments, the text and tweets that have come in, and a lot more to discuss in you know, the transfer portal uh, Fred McNair being a, a color analyst for the for the Legacy Bowl, working with Rob J. How was that experience? And just what's taking place right now? Graduation's coming up in a few weeks, the conditioning and all of that. So a lot to unpack here. We'll get to all that in your questions, comments, texts, and tweets. Coming up after this, time out here on the Braves Sports Network. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. All right, welcome back to the head coach Fred McNair show right here on the Braves Sports Network. 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. We're also streaming live on the WPRL Facebook page. Glad you could join us here on this Monday night. You can text a question. We've got some text that's come in, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. You can call us, 601-877-6595. Before we get to the uh, questions, Coach, you know, Mother Nature has had an impact on us all. Over the last month, it's been what for the last month, it's been two or three days a week of rain um, and it's impacted families and, you know, all kinds of devastating tornadoes and just a lot of rain, lightning, lights out, all of that. How has or had the weather impacted your preparation during the course of the number of practices that you had? Did, did it slow you down? Did it did it drag you behind in terms of what you wanted to do? Well, we was able to bob and weave a little bit, Charles. You know, you know, we, you know I'm always up that time of bob morning. Bob and weave, that's yeah, a good one, yeah. Up that time of morning trying to figure out this weather stuff. And um, and I think the the week of the spring break coming back, the week uh, after spring break kind of gave us a little setback in terms of the weather because it was bad for, for two days. Uh, then we had pro day that Monday. And that Tuesday, I think it, it come a rain and we had to go out. Um, that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we was able to get a man charged and, um, you know, just thank thank God, thank Mother Nature for just allowing us to to, to get those 14 in plus that, that, that 15 day, which was spring game um, this year because we really needed it in terms of what we had to do on the defense side of the ball and getting everybody acclimated um, to our new uh, D coordinator and his staff. So, um but we was able to, like I said, bob and weave through and navigate ourselves uh, throughout those uh, rain process and everything. So just to get those in and, and get a, a good spring in, that was, that, was, that was big for us. All right, let's get to uh, some of the questions from the text line. Um, Coach, we talked about it a little earlier. A question came in um, talking about the quarterback play. 
throw in the interceptions of what specific drills or corrections are being made to correct that or lessen that during the upcoming season. We talked about was it quarterback player, just the defense really being aggressive, but is there something, a teachable moment there for the quarterbacks? It always a teachable moment during the course of uh, coaching quarterbacks because you don't want to um, throw the ball into coverage for one. Um, you know, we, 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 we got a process where we, we progress towards and I read and everything, take us to the, to the open guy. So, um, in those cases, I think that, you know, I got to give defense credit, you know, they made the turnovers. Um, but you know, I think that on the, on the standpoint of a quarterback, got to be better decision by, by them in terms of where the ball is supposed to go. Um, and this, uh, the text also, uh, during the spring game, uh, they felt like the D line looked on the small side what is being done to compensate for our size on the D-line? you think it's a size <laughs> issue there? No, I think our offensive line was big. <laughs> I think our offensive line was big. Our offensive line is huge. So we, we, we vamped up a little bit in terms of what we got to go in, in our offensive line. But defensive guy, there's some, some big guys on the defensive side of the ball. But I think where, where Coach Bradley is really looking for is those fast-twitch guys uh, with a motor. And um, But we got some big guys on defense as well. But up against our offensive line, we, we, we're very huge uh, in terms of our size, and we're very masculine. Uh, and with our guys up front, and I think that what we do, we're trying to trim those guys down a little bit during the course of the, the summer this year and get those guys down to a good weight. Uh, but they they but they they, they playing well. Um, a defensive line is playing well, and I'm, I'm very excited about those guys playing the way they're playing with their high motor. Another text, uh, Coach, what will be the strength of our defense in, in your opinion? I think we had, we've kind of talked about the D-line in the middle on the back end. Well, you know, the front seven, Charles, you know, you talk about the D-line and the linebacker position. And, uh, you know, defensive back can't cover forever. You know, it all depends on the pressure that we get up front, uh, the, the blitz we put in for the linebackers to get to the quarterback. And that's what makes the secondary really good. Um, but like I said, you know, the, the front seven is going to be um, really the, the standpoint of what, we, what we're trying to do here on defense. If we can get those guys going, the secondary will come. Uh, another question, Coach, do we have any more freshman transfers or grad students coming in that will be eligible in the fall? Well, that's something that we, we really can't really say right now because we're working on a few things, a few options in terms of what we're trying to go uh, with some players right now and, and, um, and trying to get those guys in that, that we really need to, to be a part of this program to help us build uh, more depth. So uh, we're not going to – I can't get in detail with that in terms of who we're looking at um, or who we're going to bring in, uh, Charles. We don't want to get them stolen from us and, and they end up somewhere else, you know. So we kind of keep that under the cover a little bit and, um, and move from there. Uh, Blake sent us a text. We appreciate Blake texting in. Uh, will we utilize our tight end more in the receiving game over the middle, deep out routes, and line up as an H-back and in the backfield. Yeah, if you're not letting personnel stuff, that's what we do as a at tight end stuff, you know, um, line up in the backfield. And, and we got some guys, I think um, uh, Jeremiah Green really came on this spring as a tight end and, and uh, did some things that he's capable of doing that we haven't seen before. Um, and um, we got Tyson Keys, a transfer from Northwest, um, and doing a great job for us at tight end. Uh, we just got to beat some of the weight off of him a little bit and, and beef him up. And I think he's in the weight room this morning uh, working out on his own, uh, doing some stuff. So, um, But those guys is going to be very good for us. Uh, we got Truck. Truck been very good for us at the tight end position. If we can get him to gain about 15 more pounds, 
uh, put a little more weight on him in terms of what we need him to be in terms of the uh, being strong. But those guys are doing a great job. He did a great job this spring for us. Uh, text just came in about uh, the junior day and the high school kids that uh, came out in the spring game. And then uh, the follow-up, Christopher Thompson. Is Christopher Thompson graduating, you know? Yeah, he should be graduating here in the spring. Uh, he, he left us uh, during the course of uh, before spring ball got got here, Charles. Uh, he decided to do something different, I guess. And uh, But he's still around here on campus, so uh, we're going to let him graduate in the spring and uh, and move on. On the quarterback battle, we talked a little bit about that at the start. How many quarterbacks are you going to carry, two, three? Or is that still yet to be determined? Well, you know, in the course of each and every game, we, we want to address four quarterbacks. It uh, just depends on uh, what we need more depth at. During the course of that week, we may dress three. You know, uh, but we normally dress four quarterbacks, and at home we try to dress out all the guys that – that, that's been a help for us in terms of our scout looks and all this kind of stuff. So we get those guys opportunity to dress out at home. But normally we're going to carry four quarterbacks. In case we need some more depth somewhere else, we'll probably knock it down to three. How patient are you with, with the quarterback position? You're a quarterback yourself, and we talked about it at the, at, at the top. For the last four or five years, we kind of known who the guy was going to be. There's going to be competition, but you kind of knew Noah uh, Felix Harper, Lenore's footman. You kind of had the guy all ready to go. This year, it's totally the opposite. You know, you got quarterbacks. You're still trying to figure it out. You know, how how tough is this right now for you? Or is it? I mean, you just you have a plan for it. You feel comfortable and confident that Coach Phillips, Elliot Radden will figure it out and come September 5th, we'll be ready to go with someone that you feel really confident in. You know, I'm always standing back watching that position, Charles, and sometime in past Kelly. You know, I'm I'm always behind the quarterback and watching their eyes and and seeing where the head go during the, during the course of the progression of the reads. And you know, the, Coach Phillip and Coach Elliott, they always ask me, you know, uh, what do I think? You know, I, I give my opinion and uh, something we need to work on a little bit better. You know, they take their advice and and uh, and they work with it. But you know, I'm always standing in the corner, you know, watching and evaluating at the same time too. You know, and they, when they that way when they ask my opinion, I tell them what I thought it was today. Um, but those guys are going to do a great job of, of making sure that we got the right guy at that position when it comes down to August 3rd against uh, Stephen of Austin. Um, and we'll know uh, from there. But I think all the guys are really, really, really competing, uh, being more competitive to each other than anything. At the same time, helping each other, you know. Um, it's a friendly room. Uh, and each and every one of them know that it's, it's a position uh, that is very valuable uh, to this offense. Does it really help? And I know fans want to know who the guy's going to be, but does it does it really help to name a starter at this point, especially when you're it's kind of up in the air? Does it help? Does it hurt to do that? Because I think fans want to know, but you want to keep the competition going. And you know, I know Coach Dooley at Southern said after his spring practice, he was going to name a guy. He hadn't named one yet. It's been he said you might go in the transfer portal. I'm just naming that because that's what he's kind of said on the record, but. For the teams that are still kind of looking for a quarterback, Alabama A&M, Grambling, you know, Southern still trying to figure it out, uh, Prairie View. I mean, is, is it is it really premature to even, you know, name someone right now knowing that coaches are going in the portal and there's still a lot of uncertainty? It is, Charles, and that's, that's the biggest thing about about us as a staff. And, and we always talk to these players, and, and I told – I told these young men one morning, I said, I want y'all to build a relationship with your coaches, um, you know, in terms of 
going to talk to them, open door communication, and, and just build a relationship. That's the way you get guys to stay in one spot and not worry about going in the transfer portal. If you build a relationship and these guys understand what Coach Mack want, what Coach Mack is trying to do, and what Coach Mack is going to help them with, that's from the coaches and all. I mean, they, they, they trust in me. These guys are loyal to me. And, and these players, they, they tell me they're crazy about me. Sometimes I can't tell. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but that's the way you, you build a program. That's the way you get kids to really understand and not worry about who that starter is yeah. and just coming out and just playing football. And in terms of that, I think this staff has, has done a great job of, of really communicating with these guys, letting them know from the start to the finish of where we at and what we're trying to get to. So uh, that position is a very unique position because when you win as a quarterback, everybody want to talk to you. But when you lose as a quarterback, don't nobody want to say nothing to you. They want to bash you. And so that's the thing you have to have tough skin about. And that's the way I train quarterbacks to have tough skin. I just may go out sometime and just say something out of the ordinary and uh, just to get sick and I get up on their skin a little bit, you know, so – that's the way I train. If I can't do that, they're going to be good. We appreciate all the texts that's come in. Another one, Coach, uh, and, and I'm on social media, I'm on Twitter, and I've seen all the videos of the junior day and players taking pictures in the jerseys and just the atmosphere, which was terrific. The scene was terrific. The tailgating, you talked about it and, and all of that. Um, that being said, how has the social media impact, and that's a question that's coming on the text line, How's the social media aspect impacted this junior day and just the recruiting overall right now? I mean, you know, we've had a great run, and now we're kind of building back again. But how has social media helped here over the last few months in recruiting during this cycle? i tell you what, it's been blowing up with, 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 the, with the Twitter and all that kind of stuff, Charles, and, and the way kids come here and they, they want to be a part of a program. Um, you know, you got the kid, Philip that came in. He was a commit. He took a picture, been on the field and uh, junior day and had the jersey on. And how excited those guys uh, are when they take a picture and they post it. It's amazing. And, you know, had a great day at All Corn for junior day. You know, things of that nature. It's just publicity to this university uh, and this football program as well. You know, how those guys just really put forth to, to go out and, and, and Twitter about this university and the good time they had on junior day. You know, it's a lot of good stuff on social media. Um, nothing negative about Alcorn State University or uh, its football program. Um, it's all good stuff about being excited about being a part of Alcorn Football State University uh, and their football program. So that means a lot when you see it as coaches. And, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll send a tweet back where we, you know, thank you for coming to Junior Day and, and all that things provided. But we have a lot of kids that day, Charles, that I had really one-on-one with up until about 1230 um, that evening uh, before we got ready for the game. A lot of kids came up to me and coach and said, you know, I want to be a part of the program, you know, and stuff like that. So that meant a lot to me. Were you concerned about that? Because it's easy and junior day, senior day, all of that is fun when you're winning. When we won the, the six straight division titles, I mean, it makes it that much more fun and it makes it a little easier because – Players want to come to you because you're you're successful that year and that during that cycle. This past season, it kind of went the other way. Were you concerned that there might be a little bit of a let not a letdown, but a little bit lesser of because we didn't get to where we wanted to be? I was kind of concerned about it, but obviously from what I've seen and heard and and all the atmosphere was great. It seemed like we didn't lose a beat there. 
I told I told Coach Booz this, and I told him I said, Booz, sometimes you you got to be careful what you ask for, you know. And and the junior day, I, I knew it was gonna be big because we had, we had got numbers of kids that that wanted to come early um, in the process of of, uh, of the spring ball. Uh, they wanted to come visit, uh, and you know, and Coach Booz said, well, we'll put together a database and get all these kids to, to register, and that's what they did. Two hundred and eighty-one of them pre-registered and then you have almost over 200 to come so i was excited about it i mean i i was i was overwhelmed about the turnout and and um hopefully next year it'll be even bigger you know uh the more to marry the more you have to choose from you know we had some kids out of vicksburg uh uh natchez you had all these local kids that, that came to junior day and four off too now you know not only back on the southern part of the state, central part, back in Hattiesburg and, and on the coast and all that kind of stuff. So you had a lot of kids to attend from, from numbers of areas. Um, um, so we were very excited about that. And uh, it won't ever get too big for us. We're going to always be able to entertain. And the way it flowed, it was so smooth that morning. And um, when I rode around, I saw the lineup outside the stadium. And I rode back through, and it seemed like everybody was inside the stadium. I said, wow, that went very fast. And uh, Boo did a great job of getting some student workers and to come out and escort these young men and their parents to um, the designated area that we had for them to see. Uh, it was a good flow. It was a great, great event. Um, you know, thank to Boo's and the coaches that we did a great job of, of getting that done throughout the whole process, man. It was it was phenomenal. i tell you what, you know, you talk about the local talent, you know, of course, I do Vicksburg High games, and their head coach, Todd McDaniel, he played football here. You know, he, he posted on social media how excited he was to bring his players down and some, I mean, some great talent there and what Todd McDaniels has done in year two. I mean, kind of phenomenal thing, making the playoffs and just bringing his kids down from the local area. That's always important, those type of relationships. It is, and it means a lot. And that's, and that a lot of people say, you know, we recruit three stars and four stars. We get them here too, you know. Um, you know, we, we, we go out and build a relationship with the coaches and also build a relationship with the parents when we go out recruiting um, and, and let them understand that here at Alcorn State University, it's a family tradition. You know, it's very family-oriented. Uh, we're going to take care of them. Um, we're going to make sure they're doing what's right. We're going to make sure they leave here uh, with a degree or two and, um, and win championships. That's one thing that we're built on. So, uh, we build it from foundation up, and we're gonna continue to do that with our high school kids. You know, um, you know, this time of this time of year with the transfer portal, a lot of high school kids are left out because of the portal. Everybody's hitting the portal right now, so we're gonna continue to recruit high school players, uh, uh, Charles, in terms of what we want to build and what we want to build from. Well, that brings up someone listening on the text line uh, brought up an interesting point about recruiting. Are we back doing in-person, in-home recruiting, virtual or by phone? It's a good question. Yes, we're, we're getting on the road, Charles. And uh, a guy's probably going to leave Thursday getting on the road. And uh, and t- we're going to hit Mississippi for, for two solid weeks, uh, the JUCOs and all. And th- before we go out to our out-of-state areas, then we'll start hitting out-of-state areas after two weeks. But we're just going to kill Mississippi uh, for two weeks. All our coaches going to be out. Uh, hit Mississippi up for two weeks, and then we'll get in our designated um, out-of-state areas and, and recruit out-of-state too as well. But uh, yeah, we we hit the road. We go into the these spring games and and um, be a little spring practice football and see our kids and and try to recruit them. Do you think that had an impact? I mean, with COVID and the fact that you couldn't you know get out there, uh, you had to do the, the web stuff, the Zoom stuff. Did that have an impact? You think? 
it always impacts your charge in terms of what you're trying to get the young man to see. You know, we could all get on, on TV and, and talk to kids and, and that nature, but just seeing a person face-to-face is totally different. I think I could, I could sell a person to this university better if I saw him face-to-face. And um, even with the parents as well, it's not the same as just being being on the Zoom or, or things of that nature. Just that way, I think personal, person to person is a better sale to me than, than just being on a Zoom call with, with somebody. We're going to take a break here. A lot more from head coach Fred mm-hmm. McNair. Just a lot more to unpack. Uh, we, he talked about the transfer portal. Um, I put a post on Facebook the other day. Over 1,800 basketball players are in the portal and growing. Football is a lot more than that. And uh, we'll get Coach McNair's thoughts on that. Um, we'll talk about the combine that they had in Jackson, the Alcorn-Jackson Valley combine. We'll talk about that, the 2022 schedule. Uh, you've seen that scroll across the screen. We'll talk about that, the Legacy Bowl. The draft is coming up. So a lot to unpack here. Just getting started. We'll continue after this timeout. The Fred McNair Show here on the Brave Sports Network. We'll be back. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger. Something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the farmlands of Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. The mountains of West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Virginia. To the beaches of Florida, South Carolina, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. We are here for our hometowns. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Mississippi Army National Guard. Aired by the Mississippi Association of Broadcasters and this station. Okay, so we have the car payment, the rent, utilities, and the repair bill. (sighs) What should we do? I know. I'm going to CashNetUSA.com. I can apply in minutes, get an instant decision, and if approved, we could have the money in our account as soon as the same business day. When you need money fast, be the hero. Go to CashNetUSA.com to apply for the money you need now. The exact timing as to when your loan funds will be available will be determined by your banking institution. I offer free samples to look cool on the outside, but here on the inside, I'm stressing over payroll for my new kombucha brewery. hey oh, your voice of reason popping in to say that with QuickBooks, you can run payroll in as little as five minutes. Did you say five minutes? Sure did. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a train of thought to catch. Wait, 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 before you go. Yes? Tips on getting paid? Hmm. With QuickBooks, you can send your first invoice in three easy steps. Now that's peace of mind. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Five-minute time period based on medium time spent by payroll users. Profile must be set up prior to sending an invoice. And welcome back to the Head Coach Fred McNair program here on 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org if you're listening or watching on the WPRL Facebook page. Charles Edmund with Braveshead football coach Fred McNair. As we put a capper on the spring game, coach, of who are some of the pleasant surprises? You know, as you see these guys in practice and you don't know how it's going to turn out in live action, who really just uh, blew you off the page there? You know the biggest thing is, and, and I and I take it from you know being in depth in, in the interior line uh, with Steve Carter and uh, uh, Deontay Reed at the center position. They kind of like put my eyes on the focus point to where 
you know, those guys uh, probably going to end up, one of the guys probably going to be an up starter, one of them going to end up being the backup, you know. Uh, but they can play various positions. <clears throat> and, uh, but Michael Moment, I thought, did a great job of uh, playing, the, playing the right tackle. He versatile, could play the left tackle as well. But the old guy was standing out. Of course, the running backs, you know, did a great job of running the football. Um, on the defense side of the ball, like I said, you know, um, Kevontae Key had a pick, you know. Um, his first first time coming back since uh, game three, I think it was, uh, last year. Uh, Trevor Vine was a big, big eye-opener in terms of uh, the things he could do. So you look at putting those pieces together, Coach, and obviously you know, the transfer portal still – you know, making headlines, and it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, coaches are pretty much admitting that they're holding scholarships for guys in the portal. What we've seen um, already throughout this conference is making news after certain school spring games. They're letting players go, and they're entering the portal. You know, wh- where are you on all that stuff? Because it's 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 mind-numbing. It's head-spinning. Ten years ago, we never thought this would happen. But – now you got coaches holding scholarships, you know, in case you can pick a quarterback out of the portal or whatever sport it might be. What do you think about that? Where do you stand on it? And where is this thing going? The, the, the way I look at it, Charles, I prepare myself for for the next day. You know, I'm not waiting around uh, because it may not ever come. You may be waiting around for a kid, and which is going to come pretty soon because all the other schools going to get through their spring game, going to evaluate their players and say, well, you can go or not, you can stay. And uh, in terms of that, it's going to be some of that going on. The transfer portal is probably getting ready to blow up here in the next couple of weeks, y'all. Soon those spring game's over with, it's going to pop. And uh, we're going to see a lot of kids jump in it because they're going to see that they're, they're going to be fourth on the depth chart. And they they they're not satisfied, so they're gonna hit the transfer portal. Um, but you know, in terms of what we do, yeah, we we went, we found some kids that transferred from other school, but uh, not so much out of the transfer portal. You know, the guys that just really wanted to they, they get out and um, and come to a new school. You know, we we recruit them. Where is this gonna leave high school kids? I mean, because we talk about high school day and what that's about in terms of the spring game and all that, what's what's going to happen with high school juniors and seniors and with the transfer portal? You know, the, old, the saying is, you know, some are going to be left without a home. Do, do you see this thing reverting back? Do you see this thing eventually maxing out to where we get back to that? Or uh, do you see the transfer portal being here to stay and this is just the new way of doing business in college athletics? I think it's probably here to stay, Charles, and, and that's just my belief of it because – uh, a lot of a lot of schools, like the Power Five schools, is very is um is getting good at getting those guys out of the portal. I mean, just as soon as the guy hit, you know, it's just almost there. You know, uh, I think, but the JUCOs are really gonna come up with the high school kids uh, in terms of what they can get out of high school. Now, you know, you're gonna get qualifiers going to JUCOs out of high school because the transfer portal is the way the the NCAA is going now as far as football. Um, and like you said a while ago, basketball, all of it's going to be that way. So all the schools is just going to start going to the transfer portal and say, well, this guy just got released from from uh, Notre Dame. I mean, somewhere, not, he got to be something to him. You know, they, they signed him. Um, but in terms of of, um, of what you do in the transfer portal, who you get out of, I think that you really 
have to make sure that that person fits the program as well. And I think that we've been doing a great job of, of making sure our guys fit um, fit Alcorn uh, as far as character-wise and, and, and the ability to play um, football for us. So uh, I think we've been doing a great job of, of being selective of the, of the few players we've been taking. So um, – it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy in the next couple of weeks, Charles. And like I said, the JUCOs are really gonna feed off the high school kids now. Even the guys that's qualified coming out of high school will be going to JUCOs. How much vetting or investigating? Same thing, I guess. But I'm using a political term. How much vetting do you do uh, when you're looking at players in in the portal? Well, we we, we talk about it as a staff and some of the guys that you know they if they look at one, we have to make sure that. You know, if he's in there, and we we got to make sure we do a check on him and make sure he he, he wasn't a, um, a, a a rotten apple in the bunch, you know, and and make sure that we're getting the, the best thing to fit our program in terms of what we need. Uh, just because he in the transfer portal, we're not just gonna go in and get him. We're gonna make sure that that's what we need, you know, in terms of that. And I think that's what a lot of schools are doing too. Uh, if that's their need, they're gonna try and get it. Um, but not just to get it, just to have it. You know, um, you don't want to screw your numbers up in terms of uh, of your recruiting classes. And um, you know, like next year, we'll we'll lose we'll lose a lot of receivers next year um, in terms of that. And I think three or four of them probably gonna graduate with their masters here in here in the next couple um, next month or so. Um, but still have another year of eligibility to play football. So those are the things that we, we, we do. We don't only play football. We're educators, and, and we make sure we these kids get the academics um, work done as well. We're talking with Braves Head Football Coach Fred McNair. You can join the conversation. We really appreciate all the texts, and you can send a text, uh, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. I'm on Twitter, and you can give us a call, 601-877-6595. Well, now, Coach, the NFL draft is coming up, and now as teams have their uh, their uh, scrimmage games, and we kind of focus our attention now on on the next level, the NFL. And we hope and pray that some of these kids, these great young men that have represented these universities in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and HBCUs, get that opportunity. Didn't happen last year. We hope it's going to happen this year. Um, you were at the Alcorn Jackson Mississippi Valley Combine in Jackson not too long ago, and a uh, pretty good picture of you and Coach Dancy and Coach uh, Deion Sanders just, you know, talking. There it is, right there. Uh, for those that are watching, pretty good picture, by the way. Uh, just talk about that and and just getting that going and how that impacts you think uh, that will impact these players here in the next couple of weeks with the draft coming up. It was a great day, uh, just pro day there in Jackson. I think that, you know, what Jackson State did was open up to to all the HBCU schools here in the state of Mississippi, you know, uh, even uh, Delta State and uh, Mississippi College. And, you know, they, it was a big day um, for the scouts to come out and evaluate the young men that, that we had with potential to play on the next level. Um, I thought that um, the, I think like 26 out of 32 scouts showed up. Uh, for Pro Day, the most we had in a long time. Um, but the venue was good. 
the kids were excited. You can see all the excitement on the kids' face. You know, they walk around and talk to all the coaches and, and just having a good time. You know, it's just like it was just like a big HBCU family, Charles. And it's unbelievable how, you know, you get people together that, that they go out on the field and compete against one another. And at the end of the day, they still got that HBCU love. And uh, and that's the way it was, Charles, the whole day. You can just kind of sense it. I walk around and just hear um, – Alcorn guys talking to Jackson State guys and how much fun they was having and I talk about the scouts that was there um, being evaluating of the of the of the players that was there. It was a phenomenal day and I think that um, it's gonna get better, you know, uh, in terms of a pro day and and these guys getting drafted. I think that this year, Charles, we'll probably we'll probably have some numbers in the in the drone draft day um, for the NFL draft. Uh, coming out of the HBCU family, and um, and the reason I say that because there's a lot of talent in the HBCU schools now here in the state of Mississippi, and not only the state of Mississippi but the other schools that's in the other states as well: Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Texas. You know, you you got a lot of talent here in HBCU. I've seen it. I played against it, and um, and I know what's out there. And I think that if if we don't have a number of players going to draft this year, Charles. Uh, the way it's stacked right now, it's going to be tough um, for HBCUs from here on out. But we got some talent that's going to come out this year and um, and some prospect draft prospects I'm talking about. You know, um, and I think that the scouts see it. And uh, I think I think this is the year that we'll have numbers of guys go into the draft uh, this year. So from a, from the Braves' perspective, you had Felix Harper there, Charles Pringle. Just talk about the Braves that were in that in that uh, in that deal. And you have Felix, you had uh, Stafford Anderson, you have um, Tony Wilson, you had Zach Wilson, you had Juan Taylor, LaCharge Pringle. You have all those guys there. And I think those guys did a great job of, of running the forward and doing their they timing and um, and everything. Their, 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 their whole drill was good. And I watched all of them, and it was phenomenal. You know, these guys really just going out. It's almost a competition uh, that whole day where these scouts are really working each position out. Um, got a chance to see Felix in the charge, connect on a couple passes. Um, Breland Robinson, he, he came to Pro Day. Um, he's a track guy, and I think I told like Breland, I said, I wish you'd have stayed out for football, you know, while he was out because that could be an impact on him because he ran a 4-3-6-4, I think it was, and the fastest time of the day. And, you know, and I told him, I said, I just, Breland, they don't teach speed. And the thing, you need to work on your mechanics and for your operating, catching the ball and stuff like that. But LaCharles, I thought, did a, did, a, did a phenomenal job. He and Felix both uh, throwing and catching the football that day. You know, you see a whole lot of talent out there, man. And, and you know, it's just something that that talent is out there that nobody can get drafted um, amongst the HBCUs. Uh, just the state of Mississippi talent. And you talk about the other states' talent that, that goes along the well. It's got to be better this year for us. What were some of the? Well, did you get a chance to talk to some of the scouts, and what were they saying in terms of why it hasn't happened? And of course, they can't say whether it's going to happen or not. But just the banner back and forth between the coaches and and the scouts. I've always been interested in, in those conversations. I think the biggest thing is with the scouts and 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 and, and the uh, personnel that they, they send to these schools to to evaluate the young men. They take all that data stuff and then carry it back to the general manager. And then they make decisions based on the information that they have, I think, in terms of who getting drafted or, or where they're getting drafted and all that kind of stuff, Charles. So 
um, they're only there. They can't really elaborate on right. on the things that goes into who getting drafted or not. But the only thing they can do is just get the numbers and, and send them to all 32 NFL teams. And um, and let's see what these numbers look like. Um, you know, I think but two years ago they had a guy in, in D3 get drafted or, or, or something of that nature. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We don't have nobody in the HBCU um, in the SWAC that can – that that wasn't better than him, you know stuff like that. It, it always run through. But um, good job by that guy. I mean, getting drafted. I mean, that's that's good. But you can't tell me that we don't have anybody in HBCUs that that uh, they can't get drafted. Uh, charged. You know, had one kid one year from North Carolina A and T, the defensive end. Um, Tariq just, Cohen. The Tariq Cohen. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, those guys just one guy out of a every two years. I think you know. Uh, from HBCUs, but uh, it got to be better this year for us, Charles. And, uh, and I just hope and pray that you know that that the scouts have done a good job of evaluating our young men in HBCUs and and getting them a good um, a good write up uh, in terms of their numbers um, because numbers don't lie. You know, it's right there on the paper. You know, a four three is a four three. You know, how you look at it. You know, so um, but in terms of that, I think that. You know, pro day was very good for us up in in, in the state of Mississippi, uh, up in Jackson to to be able to showcase our talent here in the state of Mississippi. And there was another showcase, the Legacy Bowl. Um, I was in St. Louis and I heard, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen in the Legacy Bowl, and I get a text that said Rob J and Fred McNair on the call. I said Fred Fred McNair, you talking about a, a Fred McNair that lives in uh, California? No, Coach Fred McNair, <laughs> Coach Fred McNair on the call. Man, uh, talk about that. Just you know, doing a little uh, broadcasting duties there. Charles, I tell you, that was a that was one of the greatest experiences I had ever. Really, ever? ever. Yes, it was, and uh, and I think Rob J really made it easy for me. Uh, he's he, he's really good. He's really good at what he do as a broadcaster. And, uh, and uh, my hats off to them. And and when they called and asked me what I do, it I didn't even hesitate. With Rob J, of course, yeah, man, let's go. And uh, down at Yama Stadium, down at Tulane, where we're gonna be playing our second ball game. Yeah. Uh, very nice stadium as well, Charles. I'm talking about very impact stadium. I mean, it's just it's just right there on you. And uh, we had a good time, man. And Rob J and he he did a phenomenal job, and I was going in. Me, and him, was going in and out, and it was a good, 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 good deal. And I enjoyed that, man. I I, I see my future, Charlie. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see my future in broadcasting. Charlie. Yeah. So that that was good, especially when you when you know been knowing a guy for so long. Uh, me and Rob been knowing each other for a long time. And you know the swag, you, and yes, you know the talent, yes, you know the HBCU yes. talent, and that 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 was phenomenal, man. And um. And I talk to Rob J all the time. He he have yet still to gave my highlight tape. <laughs> I still I still don't about that too. So, but uh, it was a phenomenal deal, man. And um, Sirius XM did a great job of broadcasting, man. It was just like it was no flaws. Everything was just right on point. Yeah. You know, um, Rob J he, he takes the cake, man. And uh, he's a phenomenal uh, broadcaster, man. Um, and it was it was fun. I tell you what, I mean, with the the opportunities with the Legacy Bowl, with that combine and other opportunities, there really should be no reason. There's just too much. I mean, you've talked about the Braves players there. You look at someone like Glass of Alabama A&M. I mean, just uh, there's so many great players that really represented themselves. All Knights, all Braves players, all over the conference. 
there's something wrong if someone doesn't get drafted. I tell you what, Doug Doug Williams did a great job of promote, promoting the whole Legacy Bowl. Yeah. In the short amount of time they had to get it ready, Charles. It was a great venue, man. It would seem like it's been going on for a while. I uh, did a great job putting it together. The interviews, the, all the scouts were there during the course of the week to see these guys again, you know, uh, up leading up into a pro day. And uh, just a phenomenal scene, you know, and, and the way the game panned out. Uh, it was great, you know, it was great to see um, our guys out on the field competing for the last time uh, before the draft. Uh, Columbus Willis, Felix Harper, uh, LaCharles Pringle, and uh, Juan, uh, Juan Taylor. Those four guys that was down there at the Legacy Bowl. And just for me, being in the broadcasting booth with Rob J, and just talking about my players uh, during the course of the day, and uh, with, with along the other guys that was playing as well from the other HBCUs. And uh, it was a phenomenal deal. Like I said, you know, you know the guys, you played against them, you kind of know what they can and what they cannot do. And uh, it, was, it was a great venue and a great job uh, um, for, for them to put that on. The exhibition was good. Uh, Doug them did an outstanding job in this committee. We're going to take our final time out here. Still the 2022 schedule, graduation. Got a new strength and conditioning coach. We're going to talk about that as well as he's kind of working his way through that as well. So we'll take our final break here. A lot of good stuff. Still time for a couple of questions, comments, texts, or tweets. We'll get to it after this time out here on the Brave Sports Network. High school sports don't just happen. There's a ton of work that goes into every single athletic event. And we have our school's athletic director to thank for a lot of it. Thank you. For scheduling officials, so I can always play the game I love. For ordering quality athletic equipment, so I can stay safe on the field. For mentoring my coaches, so they can be the best role models for me. For coordinating transportation, so I can get focused for the big game. For helping us develop character and learn lessons that will benefit us for the rest of our lives. Thank you to our AD for always creating a positive experience for us. We'll never forget it. From all of us at the NIAAA, thank you to every athletic administrator in Mississippi for all you do to enrich the lives of your students. It does not go unnoticed. This message presented by the NIAAA, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. I offer free samples to look cool on the outside, but here on the inside, I'm stressing over payroll for my new kombucha brewery. hey oh, your voice of reason popping in to say that with QuickBooks, you can run payroll in as little as five minutes. Did you say five minutes? Sure did. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a train of thought to catch. Wait, 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 before you go. Yes? Tips on getting paid? Mm. With QuickBooks, you can send your first invoice in three easy steps. Now that's peace of mind. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Five-minute time period based on medium time spent by payroll users. Profile must be set up prior to sending an invoice. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Glad you can join us here on the Braves Sports Network. Our producer on the video side, Cedric Tillman, sitting to my right. You can't see him, but uh, he's on the spots and, and had some pretty good video of the spring game. So we appreciate Cedric's good work. Jamario Brooks on the radio side. 
Glad you can join us as we get ready for the off season, the true off season. And because Coach McNair said they'll be out on the road recruiting, as so we get ready for Stephen F. Austin coming up here September the fifth at home. We've got the football schedule. We'll I think that's been scrolling and it is scrolling across the screen. We'll get Coach McNair's thoughts on that as that was released here. Uh, recently, but Coach uh, Tex has come in and it just slipped my mind, and I apologize. Strength, new strength and conditioning coach, talk about that, and he's kind of hitting the ground running and getting these players ready, especially for spring and the spring game, and now trying to stay in the best shape as we get ready for summer conditioning and fall. Yeah, I think Coach Barry Gant, um, actually he's a Louisiana native, uh, getting getting him out of Penn State. Um, he uh, interviewed as well. He did a great job on his interview. Um, on the Zoom interview, uh, of course, getting them down um, here for the spring and, and, like I said, hitting the ground running, um, doing an outstanding job with all the sports, you know, um, being able to get them all in the weight room, uh, getting them all in time matter, um, doing an outstanding job for us. And I'm, I'm excited about having him on board with this uh, um, with the strength and conditioning coaching position. So um, got the guys going. He really got them going. I think earlier – uh, I think around 5 o'clock, they was out running. You know, it's conditioning work. So um, he's just going to get them in shape. And I just told him, let's, let's, let's get them in that weight room as much as we can during this off season. Uh We got to knock some weight off some of them, and we got to put a muscle mass on some. So uh, he's doing a great job. The players are really cling to him and, and really got to like him over the course of the, the time he's been here. Um, doing an outstanding job. I go in and and stand outside the weight room and look through the mirrors and watch them work out. And I'm uh, very enthused with them and, and keep them excited about lifting. I imagine this is a time, as a football player, you think you could slack off because spring ball's over, the conditioning is going on, and you're still watching the weight and all that. But it's, it can be easily a time in which you can kind of slip a little bit on your weight and your routine. But I'm sure you're probably even tougher now than you were three weeks ago on that. Oh, I think I think Coach Gann is even tougher, you know, um, in terms of what he wants those guys to get out of the weight room. And like I said, you know, he, he the, the guys, they don't complain. You know, he got a group text. He sent it to them, and it's time to go to work. You know, there's it's no complaining. You come in the weight room, you come in there to work. So you instill that in those guys throughout the course of the years when they get here, Charles. And, 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 and what our expectation is at a football program, uh, we have to win. We have to win championships, and so we don't have no time for errors. We, we don't have time to, to just play around, get in the weight room, let's get to work, let's get stronger. Well, I'm, and that, that brings up a good point because I'm on these different blogs and talk shows about about what's going on in the SWAC and the fact that what Jackson State did in such a short period of time and some of the things that they're doing off the grid, you know, with the new weight room and the sand pit and all that other stuff, you know, they've kind of, you know, stepped up a little bit. And now with what we did with six straight division titles, now, you know, we're in the Western Division, kind of up in the air with the different or no quarterbacks trying to figure all that out. Would you say there's pressure considering, you know, we were so good for so many years and we didn't get there this past year? You know, do, do you kind of sense that or is just this is just kind of the, the progression of collegiate football and, you know, we just had, you know, tough a tough year? I think that I think it's pressure when you put it on yourself, Charles, and and, I, and I'm a, always a firm believer of that um, you put pressure on yourself in terms of what you can and what you cannot do. Um, but the the league is getting better, the whole conference is getting better. You know, not in terms of just um, of just winning, but they're getting better at doing other things. You know, they they putting together pieces, they building more foundation. 
uh, in terms of what they what they what they can see. Uh, but kids like vision; they like to visualize. So they, they like to see pictures in terms of that. But I think all the schools are are really putting putting together a plan to to recruit better players as well. So uh, we just had to keep grinding as we've been doing and uh, and making sure that we're doing the right things to get the players in that we we want uh, to fit up to fit our program. So I think overall that the staff is doing a phenomenal job of of, of putting that in plan uh, to work. So. But the, throughout the whole conference, the whole conference is getting getting better, Charles. Well, is it safe to say, and you talked about the transfer portal before, does that add pressure because there's better talent out there that you can get from the portal, so therefore your program should get better quicker because there's better talent out there to get to build a program? Is is that fact or fiction? The biggest thing is if you can get, if you can get guys in in January to go through a, a spring practice with your regular group, uh, Charles, it's kind of tough to, to bring them in. Uh, in August, um, and get them to go through a, 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 a just a fall camp, and then get ready to play in the um, in the fall. You know, it's kind of tough that way. But if you can get them here in January, you get them in in January, take them through the spring practice process, have them all over the summer, get them acclimated to the playbook and things of that nature. I think you you win then. It's a win-win situation. But just to get them here in August when camp start in August and by the time the season started, they ain't even halfway through the playbook. They don't really know it all. So uh, I think that if you can get them here, just like the mid-year guys, we get our December kids here in January. We sign them in December, get them here in January, they go through camp. And, of course, uh, getting ready for this upcoming season. And recently the university released their 2022 football schedule. And, Coach, uh, it's, uh, you see it on the screen there. Um, so let's look at the schedule. There it is. Um, with September the 3rd. Um, Stephen F. Austin, you, and for those that are listening, September the 10th, uh, Tulane in New Orleans. We have Stephen F. Austin at home. And by the way, in case you didn't know, the Braves have won 13 straight home football games. That's the most in the FCS. So that's something really to look forward to. We've got a number of home games, five of them this year. We've won 13 straight at home. And we open up at home against Stephen F. Austin. Tulane in week two in New Orleans. And Coach McNair talked about that. It's a beautiful facility from what I've seen. You've seen it, Coach, and it, it looks outstanding. Then we head back to McNeese. Our old buddy uh, Tony Pecoraro, Coach, is uh, at, uh, at uh, McNeese. Uh, so looking forward to seeing him. Uh, UAPB at home on September the 24th, Mississippi Valley. October the 8th, we go back to Itabina Southern University. We go back over the hump, the Mumford Stadium, October 15th. And then, of course, at home, Texas Southern University and Grambling. We go to Grambling October 29th. Um, then Preview at Panther Stadium, November the 5th. And then we finish up at home against Bethune-Cookman. Jalen Jones is transferred to uh, Bethune-Cookman. and was at Jackson State. Uh, so will he be in the fold? We'll find out as we roll along. And, of course, Jackson State comes here November the 19th. We have our bye September the 31st and five home football games. So, Coach McNair, give us your thoughts on this schedule. I think for me, and I'm kind of a different breed, I like – when we play up, then a Tulane is a good team to play up against. McNeese, a solid FCS team, and Stephen F. Austin, a solid FCS team. And, of course, the SWAC's always a grind. I think a really good schedule, nothing easy about it, and that's what you want. You want a tough schedule that's going to prepare you for conference, especially the Stephen F.'s of the world, the Tulane's of the world, and the McNeese State's of the world. 
It is it is a good schedule, Todd. I'm I'm very excited about it. Uh, in terms of um, the scheduling uh, with Stephen F. Austin, we used to play them back in the '86 uh, and and all the that 90s. kind of stuff in the '90s, and uh, played them before. It's good to have them back um, on our radar. Uh, it'll be a home and home deal with them. Um, Tulane, very excited about Tulane. Um, going back down to Yama Stadium, you know, it's, it's a nice stadium. And McNeese, I mean, it was a close game. We played McNeese uh, both times, even here and down in um, down at Lake Charles. Um, I think it was 17-14 uh, last time we played McNeese. Um, very close ball game for us. So we got a chance to at Charles, and I think that um, put the pieces all together when everything's unfold, um, we do have a chance. I want to ask you about your philosophy on scheduling. You know, Willie Simmons – uh, our good friend Willie Simmons, of course, they open up with uh, Jackson State. And I asked him at media day about that, and he says, hey, I don't mind opening up against a swack opponent because it gets you focused right off the bat. And uh, they lost that game, and, of course, Jackson never you know, yielded to them in the East. Jackson won the East, of course. What are your thoughts on scheduling? Do you, would you rather play into the SWAC schedule, or would you rather open up against a SWAC team, kind of get it going right away? I'm fine where we are, Charles. And uh, I mean, this schedule been been good for us playing those uh, those those upper lunch FCS teams uh, early, and uh, just to give our give our guys a chance to see where we are in terms of competition. You know, um, then when we come back down to our, our swag schedule, we should kind of know where we are as a, as a team and having identified the guys that we can build depth off of and all that kind of stuff, Charles. You know, you know, players rise to the competition. And I think that, that the way the schedule is, I think it's, it's a very likable schedule. And um, we look forward to, to starting off with our first home game uh, against Stephen F. Austin on September the 3rd. It's a good schedule. Five home games. I mean, Stephen F. at home, UAPB at home, Texas Southern at home, uh, Bethune-Cookman and Jackson State. You know, we end the season with a couple of home games. So if we can, you know, start off fast – do well against those three teams at the top, Stephen F. Tulane and McNeese. You know, take care of UAPB. You got Valley. You know, go to Southern. You know, kind of let one slip there at Southern University. Kind of get that one. You know, it's a favorable schedule. What, three of the last five games are at home. You're exactly right, Charles. You talk about three of the last five. We had three, three only last year. So, yeah. So that's, that's a big number for us, five. So, um, uh, you know, have to be on the road all the time. But, you know, you know, we have to play the schedule, but we're, we're good to where it's at right now in terms of uh, the schedules, uh, Charles. Well, Coach, uh, graduation's coming up. I mean, this you know, now that the spring game's over with, What's you talked about conditioning in terms of keeping the players sharp physically. From the academic standpoint, what's what's next uh, now that we've gotten through the spring game? Well, the biggest thing is making sure these guys is doing everything um, for this last couple – few weeks to to get to the finals uh and 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 go out with a bang with their education part uh that's our main focus right now is making sure that these guys are really tuning in for these last couple weeks that we have here um in terms of school and making sure that the guys that we got graduating graduating in the spring um and hopefully you know everything else pans out um in terms of the education part uh we speak very highly on that and we put our stamp on academics in terms of football. Uh, I think Miss Smith does an outstanding job of making sure that our guys are, are in the classes that need to graduate and making sure that everything is, is in, they're in compliance with everything. So uh, she does a real good job for us 
with for that advisement uh, in terms of our football players. Um, it's just that we just got to, as coaches, make sure that we're putting our thumbs on to make sure they 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 doing the right things for us to follow follow for the finals for the school. Uh, any numbers in terms of how many football players will be graduating? You have that? No, I was going to get with Javon. It's, it's quite a few right now, Charles. I think it's right around um, right around seven, I believe. I think a couple of them are going to end up with their masters um, this spring. So um, I can't put my thumbs on it right now, but I think it's quite a few uh, football players that that will be graduating here in the spring. Tell you what, you know, just I think a lot of folks are looking forward to this upcoming season. I mean, just the uncertainty. Teams that are trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Then you got new coaches. You got Dooley that left Prairie View. He's at Southern. Hugh Jackson at Grambling. Bama State. Uh, I mean, you look at A&M looking for a quarterback. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see once media day rolls around in July what coaches are talking about. And I think this season is going to be uh, one to talk about because you you got to get a quarterback. You got to figure that out. But then just the uncertainties of, of, of how these young guys or veteran guys are going to mix into the system. I think that that plays into the hands of a lot of teams in which, you know, you could have some very close competitive games. It will be. And I think a lot of times in terms of what you have surrounding the quarterback in the, in the broad picture of things, that kind of makes the, makes the ingredient even better as a quarterback. You know, if you've got good pieces around him, uh, you can develop him a whole lot quicker. You know, if, if you really don't, then it's going to take a little time. So uh, I think that uh, Coach Phillip and Coach Ratton have um, revived um, this quarterback system we got. With the quarterbacks we got, the pieces that are around them makes them a whole lot better um, to to be able to, okay, say this is going to be our guy. You know, uh, but it's yet to come yet, but uh, we're still working progress. The quarterbacks, they was in meetings today, doing an exit meeting today. Got a chance to see a couple of the old guys today, and and um, you know my job now is to get all these schedules together in terms of um, travel and and camp schedules and and everything of that nature. So I've been in the office all day um, getting these schedules together and getting our guys ready for for July workouts, and hopefully um, everything works out till we get the kids back in August the fifth, I think, for camp. So will some of the players be here in the summer? A lot of them will be here in yeah, the summer? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully everything works out that we can get them all back all in July, um, the way it's been been. Uh, that's be, that'll be big for us uh, in terms of getting these guys in the weight room, getting them in shape to be in shape, you know what I'm saying? Um, if these guys come in July, we get them in shape, get them back in the weight room, and then here come August camp start, now these guys are ready to play. Braves head football coach Fred McNair. Coach, we really appreciate it, man. A lot of catching up to do. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this more often, so we won't be so <laughs> far behind. But uh really appreciate it and uh, we'll be talking to you down the road. I appreciate you, Charles. Go Braves. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program here on the Braves Sports Network. We appreciate all the texts and tweets that have come in, a lot of good stuff. And we'll be talking with Coach again throughout the course of the offseason. We've got a big golf tournament down the coast coming up at the end of the month, and I uh, hope to see you down there for that. And, of course, we'll be talking again during the offseason as we get ready for the summer uh, football media day in Atlanta in July. Looking forward to that and all the new coaches. And then we open up September 5th against Stephen F. Austin. Glad you can join us for the Fred McNair program. For our producers, Cedric Tillman and Jamario Brooks, I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us. We'll talk to you again soon. So long.
I offer free samples to look cool on the outside, but here on the inside, I'm stressing over payroll for my new kombucha brewery. Hey, oh, your voice of reason popping in to say that with QuickBooks, you can run payroll in as little as five minutes. Did you say five minutes? Sure did. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a train of thought to catch. Wait, 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 before you go. Yes? Tips on getting paid? Hmm. With QuickBooks, you can send your first invoice in three easy steps. Now that's peace of mind. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Five-minute time period based on medium time spent by payroll users. Profile must be set up prior to sending an invoice.